So before we get into the uh, all the sports stuff, I think the other big thing that's kind of going on in the pop culture world right now is the the Barbenheimer discourse. Have you seen either movie? It plans on seeing either of them. I know you're a bigger movie theater guy than me, but only to an extent. What's funny is that I did go to the theaters this past Saturday, but I didn't see either movie. I really? watched Mission Impossible. Oh, okay, yeah, that one uh, had just also come out too. Yeah, that, that was definitely. That was definitely a good movie to watch. Uh, for, now, in terms of the other two movies, I'll admit I'm semi interested in the Barbie movie. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, sure. The Oppenheimer one. Yeah, I, I I like I like history. I like World War II history especially. Uh, but I will say that's a movie that I'd prefer to wait until it comes out on Netflix or Blu-ray or whatever, because I've heard I've heard some good reviews, but I've also seen some reviews that. Say, I mean, it's like first of all, it's a three-hour movie. Like, yeah, which is very intimidating. <laughs> which, see, Mission Impossible, the one that's out right now, that was a two-hour, forty-five-minute movie. However, a lot of action scenes, a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of. Uh, I mean, there are some talking scenes, of course, but a lot of it's action. And as I get older, as my brain gets dumber, <laughs> uh, <laughs> my brain can only, my brain can only handle. Uh, so much to the point where if it's if it's gonna be that long of a movie, there's gotta be a lot going on. There's gotta be some action. It can't just be all courtroom talk. Uh, so, which is I've heard that's a big big piece. Of uh, which it. is exactly which is what I've heard is a big thing in this movie. And so uh-huh. that so between the two, which one am I more likely to see in theaters? Uh, Barbie. Uh, but that doesn't mean Oppenheimer does not interest me. It does. Uh, I just rather wait until. It comes out uh, later. Yeah, so I would say I'm definitely more interested in Oppenheimer, but I also feel like I'm more likely to see Barbie in theaters. But at the same time, I don't know that I'm going to end up seeing either of these because on the one hand, you know, the Barbie movie, I see previews for it. I'm like, oh, that would be kind of a cool movie to watch sometime. But I also know that it's not for me. I can't guarantee that I'm really going to enjoy this movie. And I just don't... like. I've always been someone who likes the idea of going to see movies in theaters and then when it comes down to it i'm like i think it's an anti-social social activity where like i need to get a group of people together just go sit in the dark and not talk to each other for however long until the movie is over um and for me i was willing to do that with the mario movie a couple months back because i was like well it's a short movie i liked mario as a kid Barbie, I don't know the runtime on it, but I didn't play with Barbies as a kid. So I don't <laughs> I have mean, that I didn't either, but, but I don't know. Yeah. The movie interests me a little bit. Like, no, I get it. it Barbie as a real too. life human. Margot uh-huh. Robbie is who plays Barbie. I love Margot Robbie. Yeah. yeah she's, she's, she's like always been one of my biggest celebrity crushes. So, like, yeah, she's, there's a she's appeal. Great. Yeah. And uh, of course, Ryan Gosling, too. Like, you know, yeah. there's a lot of appeal to seeing this movie. I just can't guarantee to myself, like, I can't confidently say that I'm going to see it in theaters. And with Oppenheimer, I'm like, that's a movie that I probably should see on a big screen just based on everything I've heard, like the 70 millimeter IMAX, whatever. But I don't want to sit in a movie theater for three hours, especially in a movie where, like you said, it's not just like all action or comedy and stuff. Like it's a very intense movie for different reasons. Two of the last, I would say, few movies that I've watched in theaters, one was... uh, Mission Impossible, like I just mentioned, but the other was Avatar a few months ago. Yeah, four hour That's, movie. <laughs> four hour movie. No, it's not that long, but both of them are in the three hour range. And yeah, like 
as I get older, my my attention span blows. Like I, yeah, I just same. know deep down it does, and I just know that you know if a movie's gonna be that long, like it it's gotta have it's it's gotta have you know a lot of action in it, so <laughs> a lot of stuff going on. So yeah, I just I just know that if I watch Oppenheimer in theaters, I there's a good chance I might fall asleep if it doesn't interest me because <laughs> this because because movie theater seats now. Or like they're not all of them, but like some, yeah, some of the movie theaters seats they're too comfortable. <laughs> they like have the reclining leather seats. Yeah, like, yeah you it's, lean it's, back it's in the recliner. It's like for... it's, it's like this is so nice, but uh-huh. maybe even too nice. Yeah, no, I I totally get it, and I I think when it comes down to it, I hope to see both of these movies. If I'm invited to see one of these movies in theaters, I'll probably say yes, but I'm not necessarily gonna be the person who organizes it, and. Because of that, I just I, I don't think it's it's gonna happen for me. And really, the biggest thing I want to get across is anyone who's listening, I have not seen these movies. I'm probably going to get some level of spoilers just from constantly seeing it on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it these days. Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, they're movies that everybody loves. Everybody's talking about the order to see them, when they're gonna see them, all these details about you know talking about reviews and everything and everyone share their opinions and it feels like i'm missing out by not seeing them and not having intention to see them immediately yeah. in theaters but see, that's just that's kind the, of the reality of me and that's the thing is that because you have that feeling of missing out on these two movies i feel inclined to watch one of them in theaters right and yeah. you're asking me straight yeah, up which right? one would i rather see in theaters Barbie I mean, makes sense see, because see, I think, it's shorter see, and more fun maybe if if it weren't for some of the reviews i've read on Oppenheimer and and knowing the fact that it's three hours, it that one would probably interest me more, just given that it's based on a true story, World War Two history, like that that definitely interests oh, Barbie me. Barbie isn't but... a true story, <laughs> <laughs> but just here, just seeing some of the reviews I've seen and knowing that it's three hours, it's like all right, like I think I'd rather watch Bar- Barbie in theaters and knowing that Margot Robbie plays Barbie. Of course. So. Yeah, of course. I mean, that, that to me is like the biggest selling point when it comes down to it is is Margot Robbie. Like, you know, ever since Wolf of Wall Street, it's, it's hard to pass on a Margot Robbie <laughs> <Yeah>. movie. <laughs> so sure. we'll see, uh, you know, when those happen. Um, but for now, let's kind of move into the wide world of sports. And uh, we got the, the mostly part out of the way. Let's get back to the general sports podcast programming. And... Uh, We've been like recording episodes on Mondays somewhat frequently recently. Uh, for me, it was really I wanted to. I had to run some errands, uh, and it was I could do those any day this week. But I specifically wanted to watch the last three episodes of Quarterback on Netflix, which we're going to talk about at the end. Just going to say that now, if anyone's listening, if you don't want to be spoiled by it, like oh, like I don't know how the 2022 NFL season plays out for these three guys, but um, you know, if you don't want to hear any of the details, whatever, like that'll be kind of the ending of it. You can stop early, pause, go watch it, whatever. Um, but because of that, it was let's just wait till Tuesday. Let's you know take the Monday night to catch up on those, and it was a good thing we did that because a lot of things we're going to talk about weren't really relevant yesterday, and all of a sudden are. And we'll start with kind of the biggest news, at least from our perspective, and probably just you know sports in general from today. Jalen Brown and the Boston Celtics have agreed to a five-year, $304 million Supermax extension. And it was one of those things where it had felt inevitable for a while. 
It's the richest contract in NBA history just because of the the way that the new CBA is structured and everything. And uh, one quick thought before we really get into it from like the Celtics perspective and everything, I find it very funny that a day ago, a bunch of NBA players were talking about Kylian Mbappe's reported seven hundred seventy contract. Yeah, seven hundred seventy six million for a year to play in Saudi Arabia, making jokes about going there. And it's like the next day, Jalen Brown of all players gets a three hundred million dollar deal. And I think this is just kind of setting the tone to say NBA contracts might not be crazy Saudi Arabian soccer money, but they're on their way to getting just absolutely insane. Yeah, the the, the money in the NBA is is kind of ridiculous. It, it's very top heavy especially if you are eligible for super max kind of deals. And even though, look, when it comes to Jalen Brown, I, I mean, I think he's a top 20 player in the league. And it's it's kind of hard seeing that deal after, you know, seeing recency bias, you know, what happened in game seven yeah. versus Miami. Really the whole Eastern Conference finals. Uh, but that too. Yeah, true. But if it was between just not, giving him a contract and he just goes to free agency and leaves and you get him for nothing or sign him to this absurd deal. I, I, I would sign him to that contract, even if I don't, you know, love how much like one player is getting, especially if it's not someone that's, you know, uh, you know, an, an MVP caliber player, all, all star definitely, but not, he's not on Tatum's level. And, no, he's and not the best player on his own he's team. He's not even yeah, he's, he's not even the best player on his own team. Uh, he could be the best player on a team like Atlanta and you know maybe make the playoffs and then just lose, but he's not going to be a number 1 player on a championship caliber team. And yeah, like you know what, even though they signed him to this big deal, it's like in any other sport you're thinking, "Wow, okay, great. So we now we have this player for the next X number of years, but I don't think that's the case with Jalen Brown. I think that just, you know, prolongs the inevitable, you know, leaving, you know, him leaving Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he can't be traded for another year, but I don't think Jalen Brown really wants the beer. I think it was just a, just something that he wanted to get done in both sides. But I, I don't know. I still, it still doesn't give me confidence that Jalen Brown will still be here by 2024. So that that is the reality of the NBA these days is guys, instead of demanding trade requests or just letting themselves go to free agency, it's like, you know, give me the maximum contract I can get from my current team and then trade me. You know, we've been seeing it for the past few years, but I continue to see it. I think the one thing with Jalen Brown's contract that I don't know what to think of it is the fact that he doesn't have a player option. So he he can't just opt out. But yeah, he has a trade kicker. So if he were to get traded he'd be owed even more money, which makes it, in theory, unappealing to other teams who could potentially be acquiring him. I think that's really what caused the delay, like why this deal wasn't announced on July 1st or on July 6th, and it didn't happen until July 25th, was because there was a compromise had to go in where Celtics said, all right, you're not getting a player option. It's going to be a full five-year deal, but we'll give you a trade kicker if we trade you. The other team has to pay more money, which in turn makes your contract even less desirable. So that's the one thing from that negotiation perspective where I question the whole idea that Brown just wanted to sign this deal and get traded a year later. But the Celtics, I mean, this is for the second best player next summer. They're going to have to give an even bigger deal to the first player. And it feels like because of that, 
there's still a window for this team to win a championship and prove that they can win with two super max contracts given the new CBA where it almost might be a case where if they can't do it in those next couple of years, 2025, 26, when you can't build a team, if they're not proving that they're a championship team at that point, then they might just have to bite the bullet and trade Jalen Brown whether or not he wants to be here. They might have a window, but that window is only one, two years max. Because mm-hmm. then when you factor in Porzingis' deal, even though it's not the same amount of money as what Brown has and what Tatum will eventually get, that still makes up for, like, what, 90% of the team's salary? <laughs> yeah. And it's, like, uh-huh. it's, it's it's literally, like, the the big three of, like, when they had, when Miami had, like, LeBron, D-Wade, and Bosh. Like, you got three stud superstar players, even if some are better than the others, but you have to fill that, the rest of your roster with, like, you know, bench guys basically and look if if that's what if that's what it takes for the Celtics to become a championship team and actually win that's great but I mean I don't I don't know like it it's a lot of money for a player who legitimately can't dribble with his left hand yeah <laughs> like the the Eastern Conference Finals kind of proved why there is a lot of hesitation about the Celtics giving this kind of player that kind of money because if you're going to pay a guy that deal whether or not a year from now or two three years from now like where he's going to stand in the ranks of NBA contracts the reality is you're paying a guy like he's an MVP candidate you know top 10 player in the league that kind of money when the reality is he's not he's like like you said he's maybe top top 20 20, top 25 like in that range which again is good enough to be the best player on some teams but it's not good enough to be the best player on a championship contending team and I think that, you know, this postseason, particularly that final series against Miami, proved that. When when they needed him to step up in Game 7 when Jason Tatum got hurt, Jalen Brown simply didn't do that, turning the ball over, not making shots, and the Celtics got blown out at home after coming back from down 3-0. So, it might be unfair, but, but, I mean, look at what happened the year before when they lost to Golden State. Brown had the better series than Tatum. Mm-hmm. And Tatum all summer was getting crap <laughs> from, yeah. from fans while Brown was kind of left off the hook, but rightfully so because he did have a good series. He actually stepped up and played well, yeah. And, you know, I that the series before the Miami one, uh, when they were facing Philly and they are down 3-2, to two, Tatum for three quarters was awful. But then he stepped in the fourth quarter and won. Like, what if they lost and Tatum didn't have that? Then Tatum would still be getting crap all summer. So even though yeah. it's unfair... Uh, that you know, fans only focus on what happened most recently instead of the whole picture. Because Brown had a, he's been a great player for Boston. He had a good year last year and other years. But like that game seven, it's kind of like a final exam. <laughs> like mm-hmm. especially like you said with Tatum getting injured in that game. You know, all the focus is on Brown. And like I, like I mentioned with the Golden State series, that yeah, Brown had the better series, but. You know, Tatum is dealing with the most focus on him. Like he's de- defenses are looking, uh, they're paying attention to him the most of anybody. So what like, you see, you see what happens in Game Seven versus Miami, where all the attention is on Brown instead, the most instead of Tatum because of his injury, and you see him commit the same amount of turnovers as field goals, which is not going to cut it. Yeah, and th- that's the one thing that I, I kind of have been telling myself is that before that series. I was, if anything, anti-Tatum and pro-Brown in the sense that I felt Brown was a more consistent player. His ceiling might not have been higher, but his floor definitely was. And everything just 
flipped in that Miami series, just feeling like Jalen Brown is the reason why the Celtics lost most of those games in that series. So subtract that series. I probably don't have an issue with this contract ascension. And that's the tough thing is like Brad Stevens clearly wasn't judging him and his future with the team based on one game or seven games. But at the same time, like you said, that's the last thing a Celtics fans remember. We have that bad taste in our mouth. We remember all these turnovers, you know, the Miami Heat players making fun of Jalen Brown, calling him out, saying that their plan was to force him to go left. And we're now looking at the Celtics team paying him $300 million for five years and being like, is this really the guy that you want to be giving this kind of money to? Yeah, when you look at other teams that have given huge deals to guys – so like Milwaukee with Giannis, it's like when you sign a deal like that, it's like great, we we got our guy. He's <laughs> uh-huh. the right guy for our team, no doubt about it. And hope hopefully he's there for a long time. Like that's what you're thinking as a Milwaukee fan. But and then Denver, they get Jokic. It's like great. Yeah, like, he no was doubt, the no first doubt, big contract. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. And he's proven that he's worth it with the uh-huh. multiple MVPs and now a Finals and now a MVP as well. Yep, yeah. winning a championship and Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, the Warriors, they've given big deals to players, but those players were worth it because they were winning championships. And it's like, when it comes to Brown, it's like, he he hasn't won a championship, even though he thought he'd win, you know, six of them in eight years, if you remember that interview. <laughs> uh, and you don't know if he's worth the money, given his, you know, the his skill set, even though he's, again, a top 20 caliber player, but he's not like top five or even 10. And so, yeah, I'm definitely it, – it's it's odd because anytime you give a contract like that and you get a great player, it's like, great, this is awesome. But in this case, I, I feel uneasy about it. I don't, I don't know what to think of it. Yeah. No, I, I totally get it. I very much am skeptical. It's one of those things where it's not difficult to envision Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown winning a championship together given they've come so close these past two years. But it's also – frustrating and easy to say have they reached their peak like is it are they really going to put it all together did they kind of get dealt really good hands to be able to advance to the playoffs and then choke on the biggest stages like it'd it, be like the okc thunder it's not a perfect yeah, example right? but hey well, they that, made that a is finals. a similar one they had three uh-huh. they had three superstar caliber players yeah, but they only made one finals and they conference finals multiple conference times. finals and then it just fell apart yeah. No, I mean, there's definitely a precedent for teams just getting super close and not being able to get over the top. So, uh, I, yeah, it's one of those things where you don't want that to be the case with the Celtics. Ultimately, I think that the moves that this team made put them in a better position than they were last year. Chris Osprezingis in, Mark Smart out. They're mixing things up. They're trying something new. I'm excited to see how things play out. I hope that you know, 11 months from now, we're sitting here laughing at ourselves for questioning extending Jalen Brown. But, you know, it's one of those things where I got to I got to wait and see how things play out. And I can't fully buy into it until that, uh, you know, the, the confetti falls on TD Garden or wherever away team's floor, because it seems getting so close and I believe in them. And then it just doesn't happen. Yeah, I'm still for the Porzingis move, but I, I don't blame fans for thinking that they're worse now than they were last year because not only did they trade smart but they also don't even have grant anymore and then you don't know what brogdon's injury is like right now i think he'll be i'm starting to believe that he'll be here for the for for the celtics and he's another one where he got injured in that miami series and 
and you know people are thinking that you know he sh- he should be out and and not Marcus, but you know Brogdon was a sixth player of the year. He was a good yeah. No, he was been, awesome been a good in the regular fit. season. And I know he's pretty injury prone, but when he's healthy, he, he he does make an impact on their team. And so, like if he's here, then I'm I'm fine with it. But that's another one another one where I'm skeptical of you know his injury uh, history if if he's better or not right now. No, I get that. I'm also like very high on Derek White. I think he uh, that too. Derek White. That. You can say you can make a case that of all the players in the team, look, Missoula. I don't think he's. I I think one year with Udoka and one year with Missoula. I think mostly everyone would say Udoka was the better coach than Missoula. Uh, but I think the one guy that benefited from Missoula's style of of play was Derek White. I think I think because cause when Derek White came here uh, a couple years ago in Boston, he, he looked he he looked like he didn't really fit in with Boston at first. Uh, he looked like he was really hesitant to shoot, and uh, I don't know he he didn't he didn't you know he wasn't great at first, but I think he was awesome last year, and I yeah. think he's the one guy that benefited. Yeah, oh, I I agree. Um, I think you know there is a lot left to be desired at times throughout the 2022 playoffs. But then as soon as the regular season started, he right away proved that he was like the third best player on the team, and in theory now he's the fourth best player, which feels like an upgrade um, with Porzingis sliding in. So uh, yeah, I mean I I'm I'm excited to see what happens with this team moving forward. You know, we still have a little bit of off season left, but it's a little odd that he's going to be the starting point guard, but at the same time basketball is coming becoming more you know positionless kind of thing mm-hmm. especially with Boston so yeah i mean Tatum and Brown to an extent can at least run the offense right. um, so you know i think there's there's multiple options there when it came down to it Marcus Smart was the same way that he wasn't really a true point guard he was just playing the point guard right. position for this team so um i guess you know from here the next big domino presumably big dominoes potentially are Damian Lillard and James Harden I don't know what to make yeah. of either of those I, I but... don't either it's, it's just the same thing over and over again like oh Lillard wants to be Miami Miami isn't offering enough to Portland and it's just the same thing every single day and then yeah I, I don't know what to think of Harden and I kind of don't care either <laughs> yeah I care less <laughs> about Harden in, at this point yeah, yeah whether if he's in Philly or in Houston or whatever it's nothing's gonna change with that guy yeah, so I um I was messing around with an NBA trade machine just to see if I could put something together. I couldn't get it to work. I might be able to. I kind of gave up on it. Um, you, I think this would be very fun as like a non-biased NBA fan. You might hate this, but uh, the initial thought I had was, okay, so James Harden wants to go to the Clippers. Philly should just trade him to the Clippers. Norman Powell, Terrence Mann, whatever contracts they need, just be done with him, move on. They're not winning with him. They, Who cares if they can't win without him? But then, um, the, so Joel Embiid might get pissed off. Like, we already get some rumors about, you know, is he going to man he a trade? He wants to win a he championship, he, but he doesn't care Philly where it or is. elsewhere. So. Yeah. So maybe the Heat are like, all right, we're tired of Portland playing this game with us. Let's go out and get Joel Embiid. And Philly might be able to say, you know what, if we got Bam Adebayo and a couple first-round picks – Maybe it's okay to part with Embiid if he also doesn't want to be here. It might suck trading him within the conference, but you're downgrading at the center position, but it's not a significant downgrade. I know Embiid is MVP, Adebayo is an all-star, but I think that you know if they could do much worse if they were to make a trade. 
And so, now, now so, Damian so, Lillard so Miami, comes. Miami, yeah. Gets so Miami, Embiid. yeah. They get Embiid to pair with Jimmy Butler instead right. of Damian Lillard. Right. And now Damian Lillard. I know he says he doesn't want to go to Philly. He wants to go to Miami, but he wants to play with Bam. So maybe Philly now with those picks with Tyrese Maxey with Tobias Harris go out. And get Damian Lillard. So now you have Lillard and Adebayo just remaking the Sixers. Jimmy Butler gets Joel Embiid. Clippers get James Harden. And then Portland gets Tyrese Maxey and a bunch of picks. And presumably makes out better than they would just by sending him to Miami. It would be a fun trade. That, I mean, that, I, that, I would, don't... that would be fun. <laughs> that would be yeah, fun. I don't know if it would necessarily be like something that we would love because I think Miami. Miami, gets Miami would scare me. At that point. Yeah, right. If Philly they had Butler and Embiid on the same team. That that would scare me. I don't uh, know to what extent Philly gets better or worse Philly, than this, but they're yeah, different. I, I, like they're... they don't have hard. I don't anymore. know. Yeah, I I don't know what to think of Philly. I think they'd just be. The Portland of East, <laughs> they might be, yeah. Uh, uh, if it were that, or they'd be a solid playoff team, but I wouldn't expect them to contend. Which and you then, already don't. And then so. when it comes to the Clippers, okay, they have Harden, uh, George, and uh, Kawhi, but they'll all be either hurt or overweight or whatever by two months into the season. And so, <laughs> yeah, that team, I, I, that team would not scare me at all. Like, like yeah, they have a big three, but they paper. won't be, none of them will be available by the playoffs if they even made it. So, uh, I guess they'd be the least intriguing as crazy as that sounds, but I don't know. I just don't trust the health of any of those three guys. I mean, the fact that Harden's the most dirtable of the three is, <laughs> is, uh, uh doesn't give me a lot of hope either. Yeah. I'm selling them short because they're those 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 guys altogether would be super talented team, but it's just Oh, they'd be uh, amazing in 2K, but yeah, they wouldn't but, be great but, in real life. But in real life, when you need to count on them. I, it, look, if Kawhi was ever ever healthy cuz that 2019 season that he had with Toronto, it's like, wow, like this dude's like he, like he gets it or yeah. you know when well, he's healthy, like he's on, but even in in 2021, like I think that Clippers team gives a serious run against phoenix if he doesn't tear his acl against utah right so that uh yeah i mean it's it's unfortunate that we're talking about him that way and i mean paul george just kind of went from he doesn't show up in the playoffs like mentally to now he doesn't show up physically so yeah paul george is a mess at this point too yeah yeah i mean i i would think that the the clippers would want to move him uh break up that tandem but i don't know maybe i don't blame him for just say let's have fun (laughs) i don't blame him for setting up that tandem because when no it made sense at the time when those guys are in their prime those are two of the best two-way players in the league (laughs) when they're when Mm -hmm. they're healthy when they're on but they're never healthy and then yeah like Kawhi is physically never right but now paul Paul george is neither (laughs) uh mentally in it playoffs wise and now physically yeah so we'll see what happens with either of those guys if any trades happen. I don't think that four-team trade is actually going to come through, but you know, it'd be one of those moves where it kind of satisfies well, a lot of people. Well, all three of those guys, teams. the the Embiid, Lillard, Harden, like all three of those guys, I can't imagine them uh being with their teams. I mean, I mean Embiid is the most likely to be in Philly uh with his team for the longest time, but I mean, I can't imagine Harden or Lillard being with their teams. I could see him being on their teams for this upcoming season, like maybe another year, but not much longer. Like at some point, no. both those guys are going to be gone. 
I'll be shocked if Harden ends the season with the Sixers. I could definitely see right. him starting with them like he did with the Same thing with Lillard. I can ago. see him on Portland to begin the year, but I don't see him beyond that, though. Yeah, I think it's only a matter of time before that gets broken up. Exactly. Um, yeah, we'll see if we have more basketball stuff to talk about. But, uh, you know, football is quickly approaching and other sports are taking a back seat. Uh, but before we talk about football, let's talk about the, uh, I guess, big sporting event of the weekend, the Open Championship. And uh, American Brian Harmon went across the pond and won the whole thing in a not super exciting fashion. He led by five strokes after each of the final three rounds. And I guess my first question is, how much of the Open do you actually watch? Because this is like an early morning event for a lot of it. Yeah, like, oh, oh, I definitely get up at three in the morning to, to catch the, the big, no, and I don't. Uh, <laughs> how much of it do I watch? Like, yeah, I I wake up, um, like, what if it's like eight or nine, depending on the day, and yeah, I'll I'll, I'll watch some of it for sure, especially the end. I, I, I definitely tuned in on Sunday, even though it was pretty clear that Brian Harmon was going to win. I'm still uh-huh. going to watch the last few holes just to see if he... He completes completes the tournament without any uh, any sort of choke job, or if he actually does choke it away. And yeah, it was pretty obvious that he wasn't, and he was going to win by a lot. And I'm not totally surprised that. Well, I take it back. I'm surprised that he won because he hadn't won. He, it was his third career win ever, and oh really? First major win, obviously. Yeah, he so. hadn't won in six years though. <laughs> like that was his last <laughs> okay. win. So I, like, I knew the name. So like I knew he is at least relevant on the course, mm-hmm. but I didn't know just like how little. Yeah. He was. So, but so I'm surprised that he won because he's in in that span of six years. He he's had like thirty something top tens, but he's never he hadn't won in six years. But uh, you know the past few tournaments he's played, he's played really well. He finished. Like dating back to the end of June, uh, at this he finished second at the Travelers, ninth at Rocket Mortgage. I know Ben is making fun of these names already. Um, <laughs> he finished twelfth at the Scottish Open the week prior to the to the Open, and so he had three consecutive events of finishing twelfth or better, and uh, was really striking the ball great. So I'm not surprised that he played well, but I'm still surprised that he, not only did he win, but he won the fashion that he did, where no one could even catch up to him. Yeah, no, he dominated pretty much not necessarily start to finish, but by like the second the round. The second he, day, like when uh, when it was when he was five strokes ahead of uh Fleetwood and whoever else was in, in second place at that time. It was like, wow, like it's going to take a uh, a big choke job or someone really catching up to up to him on the leaderboard. We saw Rom uh he was like two over par. I'm I'm kind of guessing, but he was like two over par uh you know, heading into the weekend, but then he shot like eight under on Saturday. And it's like, all right, like here's what's yeah, going to happen. Like Rom's going to make cool. a big run uh, uh, for, the, for the title, but then it just never happened. No, no, I I was wondering if if Rom would be able to come back and at least make it interesting toward the end. He didn't. You know, I I tuned in a little bit. I was watching some of it just to say that I did. Uh, you no, know, I'm in, along I'm in the same it, boat but... as you. Like I it really <laughs> uh, just seeing that leaderboard. Because it like not only Harmon being up by a lot, but just looking at the names that were up there, like yeah, there was Rory and Rom, but they're, uh, I mean, Fleetwood's kind of known, but I mean, he's more popular with the <laughs> like European side of it, and mm-hmm. 
but just like a oh, lot of they, new- yeah, they loved him. Like yeah, they yeah, the they fans, loved home. They were not guy. Brian Harmon fans. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They were, one guy even told Brian Harmon like, "You don't have the stones <laughs> to win this," and so that motivated Harmon yeah. to uh-huh. play better. And yeah, the, they were definitely actively rooting against him to. I mean, I probably would have been too, just to make it more interesting. Like, I don't nothing yeah. against Brian Harmon. Like, <laughs> it's it's just not it's not something that you're the, used to in golf. But it's also kind of like a little bit of a Ryder Cup preview, just fans from their country rooting against Americans, right? So. Uh, from that aspect. But man, like the, I gotta say, I, I, I'm I'm a fan of golf. I do tune in, but especially majors. But I don't think any of the majors this year were that exciting. Like, I mean, Rom, the the Masters of Rom and Brooks. I, I mean, those are two big names, but. It, it it became pretty clear that Rom was going to win that, and he won by four strokes. And then, and then Brooks won the PGA, and that got a little bit interesting with Hovland at the end, but not really because Hovland, I don't know, like he he had some bad shots at the end, and it was pretty clear Brooks was going to win. And then I guess the most interesting one was the U.S. Open because I thought finally Ricky Fowler was going <laughs> to possibly win his first major but of course I was he, he has his typical sunday in a major yep. especially if he's contending uh ending up and then rory, rory couldn't make a putt to be right. able to to cut in close and i actually do know who Wyndham clark is he's actually one of the uh you know har- he's one of the longest hitters on tour uh but you know one of the things that held him back was uh his approach game because even though he was like one of the top five guys and in driving distance he he was like horrible with his irons but that part of his game really improved and so it didn't surprise me that he was contending but at the same time it's like he's the one he was that one name in that tournament where he wasn't really the known name like Rory Ricky and then the other guys he knew but mm-hmm. most casual fans didn't know who Wyndham Clark was and so I'd yeah imagine, so I I'd I was most casuals I, rooting for either Ricky or Rory yes time. I was I was very much rooting for either Ricky or Rory and it was like who's this guy here like you got two guys who one of them has never won a major the other hasn't won in a decade they'd be way better stories than Wyndham Clark winning mm-hmm. uh, but then you kind of hear more about Wyndham Clark so for me I was watching on a on mute the whole time so I didn't get any kind of the background and I found out more later it's like yeah oh, and I, I was at an cool Ed Sheeran concert when the <laughs> when the final round was wrapping up so uh, I, could, I didn't even get to watch it yeah <laughs> uh, so and, and then, then of and course then this yeah, past this major it just it wasn't ever really that intriguing because Brian Harmon was up by so much and so I thought the majors were not great this year <laughs> like yeah I agree with it that. sucks to say but they really weren't that interesting I know it, it's and I feel like that's not super uncommon to have one guy run away with it. It to does an happen, but I don't want every all four majors to be. I, I I think the U.S. Open was a little bit interesting just because Wyndham did win by only one stroke to Rory. Mm-hmm. But man, like none, none the other three were just really like pretty obvious who was going to win uh, before. I don't know. Like there's even still like nine holes to go in like each one. And I guess the open much much a lot more holes, but yeah, none of the majors were interesting this year. Yeah, which it's unfortunate. Um, you know, it the majors are the time where golf has the most eyes on it, especially now when you have the PGA Tour Live Tour divide. So it, it. it is kind of disappointing when you know you're actually tuning in, really excited to see how these guys play with each other, and then it just loses a lot of the drama by the end of the weekend. That's another thing is that you know a lot of the players are now on live. 
and I don't tune into the lit tour. I, it's just a personal thing. I don't I don't really do that. Yeah, I, I haven't either. I haven't done that, and so the only time I get to see some of these players is when they're uh, when they are playing in a major. Although <laughs> we we do, I mean, we're having a merge though at some point. Right? Yeah, I know they're coming back next year, so <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll we'll see how that uh, changes things. But yeah, it was. Um, I think one observation I had, which kind of speaks to how little of the open I generally watch every year, given that it's early mornings in July and there are other things that I'm doing with my life. Uh, this is the first time I noticed that it was on NBC and not ESPN. Cause I remember for the longest time ESPN had the open coverage and all of a sudden I was like, wait a second, something seems off here. So NBC has had it since 2017. They got it. Like when they lost the U S open to Fox for a few years, they went and got the open. Now they have both. They still have the open, and I, it just didn't even occur to me, which it kind of makes sense because I feel like NBC has a lot of those international events, just thinking back to, like, the Olympics. Um, but, yeah, that, that was kind of news to me. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, uh, I, I like it on CBS so much more than NBC. Like, I, I know yeah. we talked about in the I, past, like, hey, which which coverage do you prefer for hockey? Like, I, I liked NBC for, for hockey. Like, that was my favorite coverage but when it comes to golf coverage uh, i definitely prefer cbs over any of them yeah i, I agree I'm, I'm a fan of cbs watching the masters watching um pga even football which i think there is an inherent bias with the Steelers and patriots playing most of their games on cbs but yeah overall, football, that, that's another fan. see football th- that one i like all of them but but i do prefer cbs the most as well for football but like you said there is some bias there too but uh but for golf, yeah, I I for sure prefer CBS uh, coverage. Yeah, so I was just looking up right now the uh, the Ryder Cup. It's September 29th through October second. So that might be the most uh, interesting golf <laughs> event uh, all year. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, the majors. I'm have excited not, for the it. last good major. And I genuinely believe this, and it's a little bit biased, but the last interesting major, in my opinion, was the U.S. Open when it was in Brookline, Mass when Fitzpatrick won and Zalatoris needed to make a big putt to tie it, to go to a playoff and didn't, but, and, and, and the, and the play was the, the course was fair too. Like it, Matt Fitzpatrick, he finished at six under par 70. It felt like it was a really good test where it wasn't too easy or too hard. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting by to the, to the very end where you had multiple contenders with, with Fitzpatrick, Zalatoris and Scheffler at the end. Yeah, that that is only five tournaments, but you know, again, when it's four all in one calendar year, that it feels like a long time. Yeah. So, so, um, <laughs> anyway, I think that's a uh, that's it for our golf coverage for now. And um, you know, we'll we'll talk about the Ryder Cup when it happens. I think it's NFL Week Four, so we'll add that to the. I'll probably be more interested calendar. in Week Four. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, probably same, but still. Uh, anyway, let's, uh, let's talk about football, you know, that, that is coming up here and we have, oh, sorry. You know what? Just real quickly. Let's take some time. (laughs) No, no. Let's talk about Patrice Bergeron. Yeah. Let's talk about Patrice Bergeron retiring from the NHL 19 seasons, all with the Boston Bruins, the captain of the team for the majority of that time. Uh, he's a player who is very much a legend in Boston sports, you know, with the Bruins today, 
if I'm not mistaken, his career length of 19 seasons with the Bruins matches Tom Brady's with the Patriots. So no, but um, Tom Brady was 20. Was he 20? He was 20. Okay. I mean, yeah, one of those years he didn't even get to play. Yeah, they, I think that's he part of like, why I got thrown he played off. Played like one quarter. <laughs> so he was yeah true. He was one year one year shy of Brady, but still just kind of shows his longevity with the team. Right. Uh, I mean, we've talked about this kind of for a while now with like the Bruins' future and like you know where they were at. Was this year the closest they could be? Something that kind of came out of nowhere. Not thinking that the team would be as great as they were. Um, and then of course the question of will Bergeron continue to be part of it? So I'll kind of turn things over to you to to guide this conversation about his retirement. Yeah, it's definitely a shame. Knew this day was going to come at some point. And yeah, definitely a legend uh, in Bruins history, but also Boston sports history. Uh, like he, he may have not been the most accomplished hockey player or, or, you know, Boston sports athlete, but definitely a very respectable one. It's, it's, it's a shame that him and other great Bruins players that couldn't win, they, they were able to win one cup, but you know, you wish they could have won at least another one, uh, but still a great career. And I'm not surprised by the move just because, you know, he stayed, he stayed another year where he could have easily retired last year. And then all of a sudden they were this great team and then they went all in, which I don't, uh, I don't think was a bad move at the time, uh, just given what was at stake. So, uh, so I wasn't, I'm, I was totally fine with that, but you know, after seeing how this year played out where they lose in the first round and a lot of guys have been dealt away and just looking at the roster I think they're still fine like I still I think they'll be a borderline playoff team with or without Bergeron but they 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 don't have uh they they don't have a Stanley Cup ceiling in my opinion uh and so I think I think it was the right time to move on and turn the page and I'm curious who the next captain will be because look Brad Marchand has the most uh seniority on the team but (laughs) <laughs> you know his you question is his captaincy you, yeah he question is i mean i think he's obviously a lot more mature now but he still has a history with players in the mm-hmm. league that that you know players don't like him on other teams and i think it'd be i think it'd make more sense to give it to mcavoy you know just to really turn to the next chapter of the bruins era and because i remember when uh when you know, before Bergeron was the captain, it was obviously Chara for a long time, and mm-hmm. he was a defenseman that came in and was a, you know, immediate captain and a captain for a long time, and was a big part of the decor. And I kind of see that same thing with McAvoy. It's like even though he's not the longest tenured Bruin, I think it makes all the sense in the world to give the captaincy to him. Yeah, I mean that. Sure, that makes sense. I feel like you can speak to that better than I can in terms of the the succession. That would just make more sense because it's because but... it, it's like it's either him or Marshand, and mm-hmm. I think you might agree that Marshand would be an odd choice to, to give. Yeah, it to. and he he's also getting up there in age, so it's, it's probably only a matter so of time if, before he. So if he were captain, it would be for like what one or two more years, right? So, so I, I, I just think it'd make more sense to give it to Magavoy, especially since uh, you know he signed a big deal and. He'll be here for the next, I don't know, six or seven plus years. And so mm-hmm. I think it makes sense to give it to him. And yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, just speaking of Bergeron, you know, one thing you said was he's maybe not the most accomplished Boston sports athlete in terms of championships. Yeah. Yeah. Because also... like someone like Brady, obviously, he has accomplished more and you know, David Ortiz, but he still like won the most respected 
Uh, yeah, that- and he's won the Selkie six times. So individually, like he he's accomplished a lot, um, you know, from like an award perspective right. and, and what he's done to the game. And he, he's not in the tier of like Crosby or McDavid or whatever, where you got to take him out of a game. But he's still a, a, a Bruins Hall of Famer for sure. Uh, and yep. I think he's an actual first ballot Hall of Angel player. Yeah, I, th- I think he'll be a Hall of Famer as well. Uh, but yeah, like even though he's not in the tier of those guys, uh, there's nothing nothing wrong with that. He's still a great player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the Penguins' official Twitter account put out multiple tweets just congratulating him on his career. I'm sure that other teams did. Right. Uh, you know, the Penguins and Bruins definitely have a, a history, you know, playing each other a lot within the same conference, few playoff series, but uh, he's definitely a well-respected, well-regarded player, like very accomplished, someone who, like, you just associated with, and with the Bruins, like he's immediately the first player that came to mind for me uh, whenever I think about the Bruins for a long time. So definitely gonna be weird not having him around. And uh, it, you know, it does kind of usher in this next era where you wonder, you know, who not just who's going to kind of take over in terms of his leadership, but like, where is the direction of this team? Like, where are they going to go? At what point does their championship window close? Like you said, they uh, went all chip, in and then they lost a lot of those guys. Is so. closed now. I fi- I'm- <laughs> OK, you're Yeah. <laughs> Official. It sucks to say that, but at the same time, for years, it's like, oh, one more year, one more year. Like, no, th- that year, <laughs> the the record breaking year, and then just to lose in the first Losing round. Losing like, the first that, round. That was it. Uh, that was their run, and it's a shame that they couldn't win another one. But oh well. Uh, yeah, so they they're definitely turning the page. I'd imagine Krejci will be gone too. I I can't imagine mm-hmm. him. Yeah, true. Back. I was I was wondering what his. Uh, so they're really was. down at center. I I don't love what they have at center because it's. Charlie Coyle's a good centerman, but he's not really a top six centerman because he's good defensively. He's good, good, uh, good passer, but he can never score. Uh, so that's why he's never been really a top six center. And Pavel Zaka played on the wing, and I'd imagine he'll transition to center. But they signed Morgan Geeky from Seattle. I don't know if you know who that is. No, uh, <laughs> great name. He was solid. Yeah. For oh yeah. He was solid for the Kraken uh. last year. Uh, but like other than that, they don't have a lot at center right now, and yeah, it's not it's not a great spot to be in. I I dem- this has to be like some sort of rebuild, retool, whatever you want to call it, kind of year uh, next season for the Bruins. Yeah, I mean, I'm I imagine they're gonna keep pushing forward with this group and see what they can accomplish. But it does kind of feel like if if it's another just early playoff exit, then it's gonna be a lot of uh, serious decisions needing to be made but you know there are some good players locked up you know as they, long as you they're a good regular season David team. obviously they you know. won the, <laughs> yeah they uh, broke the record but you know, guys like McAvoy Lindholm Grizzly Carlo like they were good in the regular season and many other guys but really disappeared in the playoffs and so that's why I'm still high on their their floor like they're not gonna suck totally suck they're not gonna be like drafting mm-hmm. number one overall uh, unless they make some amazing trade for a draft pick, but the, but they're they're a very middle of the pack kind of team right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that with that's or without Bergeron, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, at that point, I I think Bergeron was only going to be contributing so much in, in year twenty. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely a loss to the team. But it's uh, you know, you're gonna need to rely on those younger guys to really be your your <laughs> leader. System blows. That's another thing. <laughs> yeah. Is what I hate about it is uh, that they, they they're so bad at drafting there aren't a lot of rookies that i'm really looking forward to 
It's, it's just a select few guys, but other than that, it's just it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't have I'm draft a... picks. <laughs> True, because they traded them all. They traded, for, they traded all of them first for like round playoff. Two thousand thirty-one. I'm 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 over exaggerating, yeah. of course, but but they do trade a lot of their first round picks. Yep, yep, yeah. I'm still waiting for the Penguins to announce Eric Carlson trade. Like it, it just it feels like Carolina's out of it now that they acquired, uh, you know, brought back upstanding citizen Tony D'Angelo. So the the worst. <laughs> that is the last guy I'd want on my team. I don't care if he's yeah. he's a solid defenseman he's yeah he's, he's especially fine. offensively but man i i can't stand that 1.6 million yeah yeah i mean i i'm i'm definitely uh hopeful that the penguins do make just some big bold move and say look you know kyle dubas got to be like hey i'm gonna do anything i can to potentially win a championship with with crosby and malkin still because that that window is quickly closing that, that's another window closed that's already. closing too yeah so all right now let's talk about football and you know NFL training camp is starting to to get underway. I think some teams have already reported. Uh, many are reporting soon. But I think the biggest storyline in the league right now is running backs, and that goes back to the franchise tag deadline when Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and Tony Pollard all failed to reach long term extensions with their respected teams. Uh, would be playing the season on the franchise tag and. Man, there's just so much to kind of get into over the past week because at first it was all the running backs kind of grouping together saying, hey, this sucks. Like, there's collusion going on. Like, you know, we deserve to be paid. Them all getting on a Zoom call together to talk about things. And now the latest is Saquon Barkley just reached a new one-year deal to play with the Giants after threatening to sit out for the season. So I guess where where do we start with this? Like, what are your initial thoughts when it comes to running backs being paid um, in the NFL? My initial thoughts are that the NFL, like all the teams are now realizing that the running back position is becoming more devalued by the year. And I think a little bit rightfully so, just because, I mean, there's just not a lot, a lot of longevity at the position. I just look at look at some of the just bad contracts that have been handed out to guys like like Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. You know, he was yep. so awesome at one point, but he they just signed fell that apart. big deal and then he, he became a complete shell of himself by twenty nineteen. Like that Super Bowl run that they had in twenty nineteen, like he was useless by that point. And then he mm-hmm. goes to Atlanta and he did he did nothing. And then now he's not even in the league now. And then he like Ezekiel Elliott, he gets his big deal and I thought that was a mistake. But at the same time, they draft him fourth overall, and it's like, what are you going to do? Like, I would yeah. have let him go. They had Tony, had to- <laughs> Tony Pollard so much better. Uh, um, I, well, I know. He he continued to produce, but he like did not produce. For three years, I've wanted well, him to he, be a starter. <laughs> yeah. No, no. The thing is, Zeke produced, but he didn't produce on the level of his contract. Whereas, like, he would have been a fine running back on a rookie deal. But when you're getting paid, what, six year, 90 million, and you have a guy like Tony Pollard, yeah, it made sense to just move on from yeah. him. And he, and that's another guy where he he was so slow last year. He looked he was borderline useless too. Uh, Scored last a lot year. of touchdowns. Yeah, because they were all from like the <laughs> one yard line. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he was definitely not even close to being as as, as explosive as he was uh, in his you know rookie contract years. And so that's like another example of just another bad running back contract and. And, you know, teams are realizing that, yeah, the running back position is being more devalued. Although this past year we saw two guys get drafted in the top 12, which was a little bit surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, yeah, I mean, I both mean, were Bichon also maybe like not surprising because when there's yeah when there's when there's when there's a talent that's like really can't miss at the position, it's like all right, like if first round, I even it's still questionable. He's it's a, like I get it. When there's someone uh-huh. like Bijan or Saquon, um, like I get it, but. I don't know. Top just, five talent, but like, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, like you're Bruce talking about Hall. This, like, he Z. probably would have been, he probably would have been like a top ten pick if it weren't for, you know, teams realizing about the position not having, you know, you know, being devalued and not having a lot of longevity. Like, he probably would be, yeah, mm-hmm. a top ten pick, but he ended up falling to the second round because, you know, teams are realizing about the running back position. I do yeah, kind of no, agree with Eckler round. though, where like, you know, some there's some like crap receivers that are getting paid, like Kenny Galladay and his contract and few other guys well, who make he was really good like i feel like when that deal happened it, it was it looks awful now but it, it didn't look as bad at the time like well, he, he was, had one kind of disappointing year in detroit to end well he things, was great but... in uh, that one year i, I think it, correct me if i'm wrong it was a 2019 he was awesome and then 2020 he barely played and then 2020 and then he got the big deal and yeah did Still, not work out yeah but i mean that was just one example that came to mind but i, I kind of agree mm-hmm. with eckler that there are some just bum receivers or not as good receivers that are getting paid it's a, it's a passing league teams yeah. would rather spend money on receivers and running backs and yeah no i i totally get it i don't blame teams for not wanting to pay running backs to long deals with big guarantees because time and time again we see these guys get paid these contracts and then you know they just don't live them out because they they get hurt they're slower they they lose production and they're just not the same player yeah, as they are in the beginning an, of their career it's unfortunate but that's the reality mm-hmm. of that position is that he you're, it just doesn't have a lot of longevity i mean like Ramon, i love Ramondre, but i wouldn't give him a long-term deal like just play on his rookie deal and then find another team to play for at a, and see who pays him like i just think once it get, once it reaches a certain point I, i'm moving on to the next guy and I'm and I'm not spending huge draft capital on the on the position either. Look at the Chiefs; they just won with Isaiah Pacheco as their starting running back, a rookie, and they drafted him in the seventh round. And yeah, and Jer- not- Jerick McKinnon as like another huge weapon. He got that big money deal from the Niners, never played, and now he's just pennies contributing uh, to the Chiefs winning Super Bowl. Le'Veon Bell sits out a year, and James Conner was more than good enough to be their starter. Yeah, Pro Bowler, even that if he year. wasn't the same level as Le'Veon at the time, like. The Steelers were just fine without him. Yeah, no, it showed offensive line plays a big part. You know, passing game plays a big part. There's a lot of pieces that go together, and there are some running backs who, like a guy like Christian McCaffrey, I was just gonna who say they're they're there transcendent. Select few that it's like I don't want to say worth it, but I don't know. Derrick Henry, yeah, you know, like he's, Christian McCaffrey, like he, even though he's a running back, he he certainly plays a lot like a receiver at times. So. Yeah, they're very select few. And occasionally a quarterback in NFC Championship games. <laughs> yeah, that too. Uh, so they're very select few that like, it's not a terrible idea to pay him, but it's like McCaffrey and a couple other guys. Yeah, so I think Saquon is an interesting example because I think that the Giants would have been decently well served to pay him because I think he was a big part of that team. But I think a lot of it also comes down to they paid a middling quarterback a crazy that's, contract. That, that's a great point is that he's like the one example where it's like, I kind of like the running back more than the quarterback because the, yeah. the run, like Saquon's like a top, what, five running back in the league. and When he's healthy, he, absolutely. And Daniel Jones like had, what, his first 
pretty good year as a quarterback. And he's yeah, his, 40 it, like million. His, right, he's like, like yeah, an the average quarterback, quarterback position is so much more important. But yeah, forty million to a middling quarterback like him and was only good because of the coaching change. And, mm-hmm. and then compared to like yeah, Saquon, a top five running back is. I'm not saying he needs to be paid more than Daniel Jones, but does it have to be like that big of a discrepancy of, you know, one guy's getting 40 plus million a year and the other guy's getting uh, so 11 million, which is pretty good. Yeah. What, so he, his, well, his deal, it's, it's 11 million. It's 10.1 million. It's a franchise tag value. And then 990,000 incentives, which he only gets if the giants make the playoffs. So basically oh. saying, prove <laughs> that we need you to make the playoffs, prove that you're part of a championship team or whatever, because that's kind of what the argument is, is, the teams that are winning Super Bowls and going to the Super Bowls Our don't have highest paid. Well, they don't have highest paid running backs. Well, like the, the teams with highest paid running backs have lower ceilings. Uh, there's just a better way to spend your your money. That Super, um, Super Bowl Fifty Three had Todd Gurley and Sony Michelle, two guys who were taken the first round. But Sony Michelle, another example where he was. I mean, he was he was great in Georgia. Like that that Rose Bowl he mm-hmm. had was crazy. But, oh yeah, that was one but, of the greatest. Games he sucked back. in the NFL, and that, that, even though he scored the one touchdown that game. Like, it could have been Rex Burkhead. It could have been anyone, anyone could have, yeah. that touchdown. Anyone could have scored that. Anyone could have yeah. scored that. Yeah, so the running back position is becoming more disposable by the year. I mean, it's great for fantasy. Like, they're awesome for that. But like in real life, like it's not a position I would want to spend a lot of draft capital on. I'm, yeah, I'm, no, sure, I, I'm sure Mike Ditka would agree with that. <laughs> I, I totally get it. Yeah, that's yeah, all of that for Ricky Williams just for like two years. I know. Um, yeah, no, I, I I totally agree in the sense of why NFL teams do it. I think that as long as the CBA is structured the way it is, they should continue to kind of take that approach when it comes to running backs and, you know, trying to get as much value as they can without spending as much money as some of these guys want. But it is also unfortunate. And look, I don't know what you're going to accomplish right now, like getting on a Zoom call, like that's not going to lead to anything. It's just a bunch of guys saying, yeah, we need more. We need yeah, change. Right? But like, is, uh, is, is, is change really going to have it? Where are they going to like protest out, 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 <laughs> out people, on the road? I know, like, there are a lot of people saying, oh, running backs just shouldn't play. They should all hold out. Like all these deals, like, ideas that are getting out thrown out there that, that's not going to do anything no. because again they're just going to prove like for every Le'Veon bell you're going to have a james connor who's going to just step in and the replace backup you will just and, come in and and you know be productive enough to show that yeah. it actually kind of doesn't matter. the the vikings cut dalvin cook because they're like well alexander madison is way cheaper and we think he can be almost as productive yeah so, and i agree with that move <laughs> yeah no it, it makes sense and so my best idea that I have, barring a complete CBA restructure in terms of how these contracts go out when it comes to quarterbacks and running backs, I'm going to let you know the NFLPA decide that if they really care, is some type of performance base. Now, I believe there is an NFL pool of money where they'll hand out more money to players who perform better than their contracts as they should. I don't know the details. That was something that I just recently read. But what about... DraftKings, FanDuel, all those, like making, say, running backs are big for fantasy. 
spend that money on like give money extra money to running backs so that way when they're producing on their rookie contracts they can still rate, rack in millions and millions of dollars i don't know how that works in terms of the I nfl's gambling you, policy sounds and like stuff, a cool but, idea but i don't know yeah why not yeah you know it's like nil money basically for running backs <laughs> except instead of from like boosters it's coming from gambling companies fantasy companies I don't know if the NFL would like the idea, just given uh, how <laughs> how 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 much gambling is a part of the NFL in a bad way, though. Like we've seen more and more players uh, get suspended. Oh, I know for another the year. guy in the Broncos yeah, just got suspended Broncos, for the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Suspended for the year. Yeah, I don't hate that yeah, idea. I, mean, just, I don't just don't know how much to. Again, how... <laughs> I that feels like a stumbling block, but you know we'll see if uh, if that's anything that even is a remote possibility. I I think nothing is going to change under the current CBA. I don't think there's anything running backs can do that are really going to change things because when it comes down to it, I'm sure there are a lot of GMs who would rather not pay running backs top dollar, but you know, it's not a perfect science being able to find guys in the middle rounds. <laughs> like people say that about the Steelers. They tried third, fourth, fifth round of running backs year after year and couldn't find anyone who could live up to Le'Veon Bell or even James Conner. So like, that's why I was in favor of taking a shot on Najee Harris in the first round. But we see time and time again, there are plenty of teams who do get production out of late round. Jalen Warren was and, pretty productive last year. Yeah. Oh, he was. Yeah. Undrafted free so um yeah there's uh, <laughs> there's plenty of reason for teams to do it it's not ownership collusion it comes down to anyone whether you have a ivy league degree as an nfl gm or someone high up in a front office or you're just a high schooler who keeps up with the league like you understand the risk in paying running backs and why teams don't want to do it yeah it, it's a shame that's how the position works but i mean that's the reality of the position and i don't i don't I don't see, yeah, like, I don't see the players like all holding out. Like the backups would just play at that point and show that it's not a huge loss for for most of the teams. And yeah, like I mean, could could the running back position be eliminated in the future if 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 more players realize the reality of that position? <laughs> I don't think it'll get to that. And it, like the so- I heard that I've heard those talks, but I don't think it would, it would get to that either. No, I, I love people. I think most of them are making jokes, but there are definitely some people who say, look, oh, don't have your kid play running back and pop Warner or like that's how you like become a star in as a youth <laughs> yeah. in football because no one can pass the ball. You just be the best running back and then become a quarterback and, you know, figure out your position from there. That's never going to go away. Because making the NFL and even being able to get a few million dollars for four years is going to go a long way compared to not being in the NFL. And of course, it's just the issue when you're up for a second contract and feeling like you're way more valuable than you're actually being paid. So, um, Speaking of being paid, though, I don't know if you saw the breaking news. Justin Herbert and the Chargers agreed to a five-year, $262.5 million contract extension. So I did not see that, but... Just came out three minutes ago. I got the ESPN and NFL app notifications. I saw earlier today that there was a question about who was going to get paid first between Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and both of them holding out. When it comes down to it, Joe Burrow deserves to make more than Justin Herbert. I feel like Herbert kind of realized that. Yeah, Burrow's, even though he's not, you know, built like Herbert, and Herbert arguably has a stronger arm, I I don't know. I think think Burrow's proven that he's... I mean, I I always thought that from the beginning, <laughs> uh, that that Burrow was legit, and he's definitely he's definitely in that elite tier now. And not that Herbert isn't, but I think I think Burrow's obviously had more success, especially uh, team wise. 
uh, than Herbert. Yeah, so coming into the 2022 NFL season, uh, when I did my like preseason quarterback tiers, I had Burrow and Herbert in the same tier where they were up at the top. But like, I basically had Mahomes and Allen grouped together, Brady and Rodgers. And oh, then, last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that last makes, year. That makes sense. And oh. then Herbert and Burrow. And now at this point in time, I have Burrow number two after Mahomes. Josh Allen. Or sorry, after Mahomes, ahead of Josh Allen right. and very much okay. ahead of so, Justin So Mahomes, Herbert. Burrow, Allen, and then Herbert, fourth? Yeah, I mean, I actually put together the list uh, if we want to kind of go through and do a little I'm, No, I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, it's good transition to talk about quarterbacks. Uh, yeah. yeah, so for me, my, my top tier um, is Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and I still put Josh Allen up there. I have dropped off him a little bit partially because of that head-to-head playoff game where the Bengals were so much better than yep. the Bills. But, uh, you know, I think there's still enough evidence behind Josh Allen to believe, like, he is in that elite tier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my tier two is basically kind of a little bit of a drop-off. I think that all of these guys are still championship-contending quarterbacks, um, but they're not quite on those guys' level. Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert are one and two. I could see both of them getting up there, but I'm, I'm holding out on Hurts. I want to see one more year of him just because, you know, those first couple seasons, you saw the potential, but then he exploded. I want to see what he does this year. I like it so uh, far. I, yep. And um, here's where, so like this tier two kind of gets a little different. I still have Aaron Rodgers up there. I think that Aaron Rodgers, by the end of the season, played much better than he did at the beginning of the season. I put a lot of the blame on the Packers offense on just, he had nobody to throw to. He lost Samante Adams. And then eventually he developed some chemistry with that team and uh, definitely interested to see what he does with the Jets. But for now, I'm still putting him up near the top of the league, uh, though it's probably only a matter of time before he falls off and retires. <laughs> yeah, that's that's <laughs> what I was thinking too. But no, I don't blame you for putting him that high. Yep. Um, and then the other two guys, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I, I think this past season, what he did escaping Urban Meyer, teaming up with Doug Peterson, like he is a, a bona fide MVP candidate at this point. And I'm, I'm really excited to see where he goes moving forward. And then finally, the last guy in this tier, uh, probably the most debatable one, but I'm still going to put Lamar Jackson. Okay, that, that's until, what I was going to say. Until he falls Lamar. apart, I think yeah. Lamar belongs in this tier. I think we saw how good the Ravens can be when he's at the top of his game and how not good they are when he was not on the field. Yeah, so. I, I I wouldn't put Lamar in those upper tiers, but like that tier that you just had him in is fine with me. Yeah. And then from there, the next couple of tiers are kind of they're more like 3A and 3B and um basically one of them are guys who i kind of believe in maybe can do something but also have my doubts and then the other one is guys who they're good enough to make your team a playoff can, contender can I, not winning super bowl can i say so my the tier next, above can i say yeah, who the so next three guy guys is? Uh, sure one, or who's one the next of them guy? at least uh kirk yeah. so okay so here's how i kind of have it divided so let's kind of go through this so the the group of three guys who Kirk, maybe Dak. like I can see them. Nope. Nope. So you're kind of skipping ahead here. So these are three that you're like, you're not thinking of them right now for obvious reasons. And they're all doubted. And again, it could be interchangeable. I think that's just kind of the order of how I put them on here. Could easily be flip-flopped. Deshaun Watson, Super Bowl champion, Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff. Those are three guys who I think very much can be way below. And it's not necessarily they're in that order, but Deshaun Watson, we saw how good he was with the Texans. And I, he just didn't play. 
I don't know. I hope he sucks. I don't want him to be this good, but he's someone where the potential is there for him to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Safford, his elbow might be shot, but if he's healthy, I still think that he's proven that he is a top quarterback in the league. And, you know, we saw how good he was Matt, that first Matt, season with Matt Sean McVay and the Rams. <laughs> no, no, but didn't even put again, him in the top 20. Like, I don't, got, I'm not yeah. the biggest Stafford guy, but like a Super Bowl champion, they don't even put the guy in the top 20 just because he had one injury rattled year where his elbow was shot mm-hmm. come on like that's i mean maybe this year will right. be the year that they proves he's not but no like, it could yeah of course that's, we'll see that's so crazy that basically the that. way that i look at it is these guys they're probably the guy they're probably the guy that you want to have in your team to build around but there's also like enough reason to maybe pump the brakes and then jared goff is the last one i think he was awesome with the lions this no, year I, I had I, my doubts about him and they were like the best offense passing game in the league. So. I, I hated him in L.A., but in Detroit, I actually I actually uh, think he's a serviceable quarterback. I wouldn't put him that high, though, still. Like, I would put like the two guys I just said. I would put Dak, and I know Dak was yeah. – I know he was a turnover machine last year, but I still I still like him to an extent. And I would put I would put him and Kirk. And I know Kirk – look, I love Kirk, and we'll get to that, but uh, – uh-huh. Um, no, so I, I, would I put those I, two guys. I would. Sw- I agree I, with you. I know Deshaun Watson is a way more athletic <laughs> than guys uh-huh. like than someone like Kirk Cousins, but just one, um, you know, like the stuff off the field, I can't get over. And two, he was really bad last year. I think he'll make a jump this year, though. So I don't blame you for putting him that high. I just, I would put him a little bit lower for now, at least. So for me, my tier four is essentially the Kirk Cousins tier. And yes, I think Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott are above those guys, but I've seen enough to see to believe that they're not that they're not going to the Super Bowl. Like they can get you to the playoffs, but they're not winning. And you think, uh, and you think Goff? Well, I mean, Goff actually did do that once. (laughs) Goff Uh, and Safford have both been to the Super Bowl, and Watson. I, I don't know. I hope he doesn't, but. I feel like he's someone who, at least at times with the Texans, showed he could do that. So it's not necessarily... That makes sense. I, I get it. It's like you've seen enough with Dak and Kirk that you don't think it'll happen. I just It's just that they, they get to the playoffs mostly... A, a decent no, amount. I agree. I think they're yeah, no, they're they're great quarterbacks uh, from that perspective. But you also feel like you're limited in terms of like how high your ceiling is. So like high floor, low ceiling. Okay, that's fine. Um, and you know, maybe it's not fair to put those other three guys above them now, but it is. You know, that that's just kind of how I have it grouped in here. Yeah, I just it's not I just necessarily think... a straight quarterback ranking is the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, it's I, more I... of a ceiling of how I'm looking at it. Well, I mean, when it comes to ceiling, yeah, like yeah, Watson has the highest of like all those guys we just mentioned uh, in mm-hmm. that tier that you have, but <laughs> I don't know. Um... I it's get more it. of a I group than a tier, now that I think about it. It's more of a group than a tier. Um, so anyway, group four, that Kirk Cousins group, it basically it's saying guys who they can get you to the playoffs, but I don't believe in them winning you a Super Bowl. Um, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, Kyler Murray, Geno Smith, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill. And Tannehill. by um, the end of it. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I I, I got to do my own one now. Just they're just, not. Yeah, they're not in order. It's not a one through thirty-two. Okay. It's just, Don't it's think just of like it hearing way. some of those names. It's like, oh, I like him, or like I can see him being up there. And then and then you like mention freaking <laughs> Kyler uh, with his dude. Dude is all into Call of Duty and not as not being a quarterback. He did bring the Cardinals to the playoffs. They look they're 
they look awesome in September and October. He's not yeah, going to play in they September and October. Apart and they haven't been good since. <laughs> and they'll probably won't even uh, be there after next after this year, after this upcoming year. Yeah, and then Depending my next group. So my next group here is guys who can potentially be the guy. Like they can potentially move up this list, but there's not enough evidence. You know, so they, like there's Stroud, something Richardson. that I'm still waiting. Well, no. So Brock Purdy, Tua Tagovailoa, Kenny Pickett, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. They're guys who've actually played. You've seen some signs, but I'm totally fine with Mac Jones being in like the bottom tier. Maybe not, maybe not the, like the he's not the worst quarterback in the league. No, but he should be in the twenties. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's probably where he falls. But basically saying like there's enough evidence he looked led the Patriots to the playoffs as a rookie to think, okay, maybe he can be the guy with a competent offensive coordinator. So we'll see. I mean, this year is going to be a big prove it year for him. Um, and then my next six is basically or my next group here is just guys who we haven't seen play oh, okay. at all or barely. So your rookies, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson. I don't know how to judge them. Desmond Ritter, Jordan Love, Sam Howell, very small sample size of those guys. Right. It's just, it doesn't seem fair to kind of say like, oh, they might oh, be they, the guy when, but some of them really might not be. Yeah, no, just very limited NFL action. And then uh, my bottom tier, basically the, you know, end of the world Titanic tier, Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Wilson, wow, that's yeah. that's me. Which we'll see with Sean Payton, but I mean, yeah, Russell Wilson last year, yeah, I'd put him in that uh-huh. tier, but wow, uh, I think I think it'll turn on a little bit. I wouldn't put him that. I low. think he'll they'll be better. But, but they Baker, have to be better. Baker right? last though, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know he showed some signs at the Rams. Um, I could maybe convince myself with him throwing it to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and, you know, some of the other weapons. And then Tampa, Kyle Trask but... comes in in week seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, no, I, that's, that's kind that's of the, funny. Th- those two yeah. <laughs> having those two in the last tier. Wow. That's that was, yeah, that was how I decided to group things together. Again, it's not necessarily a one through 32. It's more about, okay. I looked at it too much reality. like a one through 32. Cause it's like, like, Jared Goff over Dak. Like I'd rather have Dak as my quarterback. I know, I know, I know. Dak again is a turnover machine, and he'll eventually fail in the wild card round or in the divisional round. But I, I would rather have Dak than Jared Goff. Even though Jared Goff, I'm coming around on more in Detroit for sure, especially uh, you know instead of being in LA. Uh, you know, where he was a first overall pick, getting paid thirty million. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, no, he, probably, he probably still makes that, honestly. But I don't know. Just I like him a lot. More yeah, I think Detroit. that's he's definitely still on that contract. So I just think maybe it's the expectations when you're the first overall pick. Like this dude's the first overall pick. Like oh. it was, yeah, it was not the and then, best. And then when the expectations draft. of him are in Detroit, where it's like you know he's going to be like a bridge quarterback. It's like oh, this guy's actually not okay. I know, and that that is probably a lot of it where he's like a little inflated in my mind. Where it's right. like because last year I'd given up on him. I thought it was only a matter of time before he got replaced, and now I'm like, oh, he might actually be the future in wow, Detroit. Should, like, so. th- yeah, like that 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 week 18 game versus Green Bay, I really really enjoyed. I mean, I know it was really Jamal Williams scoring, but I don't know, just uh-huh. yeah, likable team for sure. Yeah, no, I I totally get it. So anyway, that feels like a good transition to talk about the Netflix series quarterback. Uh, which I I was very much entertained by it. It was one like it's rare for me to binge a show and like not want to stop, just want to keep going. I watched watched the first episode and then watched four in a row, and then three of them a few days later. So, um, I guess 
there's probably like a few things that we can get into with this one. You know, there could be some spoilers. Like, I hope we're not spoiling that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl or, you know, Kirk Cousins lost in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, if you're like curious, if we end up getting into like real like details in terms of how the show plays out. Uh, but I think like the first take that is pretty widely regarded from what I've seen is Kirk Cousins is a really nice dude. Uh, like, I, 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 I like Kirk Cousins I, a lot. I, I, after I love this. Kirk. <laughs> like, I, I know deep down like we just mentioned those tiers that you know he'll get you to the he'll help you contend for a playoff spot but i i know deep down he'll choke in week 18 or in the wild card round or whatever but i don't know just a super likable guy definitely a tough mm-hmm. guy definitely dealt with oh, some yeah. injuries last year especially uh earlier in the year and you know in the rib area um definitely a tough dude definitely like just a super likable guy i i I don't care what anyone says about him um with the whole you like that uh you know things back then um i don't know the chain dances here yeah the the chain dances where (laughs) in week one he's wearing that llb shirt that he had whatever it was from Uh, it wasn't yeah he said he he said it wasn't he said it was patagonia it was patagonia yeah his wife dresses him i I was dying at that part just reading some of the tweets that like people were throwing out like how he's kirk cousins is rolling in cole's cash and uh one that like really got me was uh kirk cousins hands the ball off to dalvin cook pats twice says that ain't going anywhere Yeah, so I, I know deep down he's he's dorky and he's 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 not going to help you win a Super Bowl, but I don't know. I'll I'll, I'll for the most part root for root for him when he's out there. Yeah, and that's something that I never really like fully comprehended with Kirk Cousins, where like it, I wasn't surprised by any of that. Um, but he is like just like a really genuine guy, and he seems he's an easy person to root for. And again, it. The, the expectations for him are, are pretty low. And that, that was one thing that kind of hammered home like early on was that Kirk Cousins, he's a above average quarterback. Teams, you know, but if you're doing rankings. Yeah, no, if you're doing rankings, you're constantly going to put him somewhere in like the, the 10 through 15 yeah. to 20 range, like depending on how high or low you are on him. And you're like he's good enough to get you to the playoffs, but he's not going to win you a Super Bowl. And I think this past season of the Vikings really kind of proved that, you know, the whole team of destiny vibes and then to lose like they did in the first round of the Giants, especially with, you know, the way the game ended in particular for their offense. Um, But yeah, he's definitely a a really, really interesting kind of getting the behind the scenes with him. And um, I I think uh, it was fun getting to rewatch a lot of those Vikings games and like seeing like the moments and getting behind the scenes of them. The Vikings games this year were wildly entertaining. Like that that Vikings Bills game was incredible. <laughs> that, that was outrageous with the that fourth that that last drive, that fourth quarter drive that the Vikings had where it was like fourth and like twenty or something, and he throws it to Jefferson and miraculous catch. catch. And then yep. they get to the one they get to the goal line fourth and goal and then Kirk runs it and he doesn't get the touchdowns like you're thinking it's over but then all of a sudden of course the Bills uh, just fumble it in the end zone half yard line and and the Vikings actually score a touchdown and the then the Bills drive down the field with under a minute left to get a field goal and goes into overtime like that game was that was it was awesome that was one of the most entertaining games uh last year and then they had the 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 freaking comeback versus yeah thirty three nothing comeback yeah versus Matt Ryan of course <laughs> yeah I know I was wondering if we were gonna get any Matt Ryan shots in there they they're like very much kept the focus on the Vikings yeah, and not on, on uh, you know want to embarrass Kevin any O'Connell. of the Colts yeah 
Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that game no, was it, wild for sure. Like, those are two of the wildest games last year. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just going back to the Bills game, I missed most of all that craziness. So <laughs> I was... I remember... I think I remember texting you, and I don't think you, like... No, like, I was, I was getting about. texts, like, you watching the... Yeah, right? Like, and I'm like... Uh, so I was in Pennsylvania. We were watching the Steelers-Saints game. The game ended, and for whatever reason we like flipped over to cbs instead of staying on fox it wasn't my decision and at that point i was like ah the game's over we're just you know all talking as family like whatever like we're about to part ways and then all of a sudden it's like uh you need to watch this vikings bills game then we throw it back on fox and we got to see like a decent amount of stuff but we didn't turn it on until like after the fumble in the end zone so we missed like a Uh, lot of the really cool excitement that that whole sequence of that drive and then turning it over and then and then the touchdown like that was yeah that was insane just just absolutely insane it's like one of those things where like when you get stopped at the one yard line you always think about that possibility of you know craziness happening yeah when Malcolm Butler got the interception the game wasn't over they needed to Uh get another yard uh because that's where the interception occurred and but luckily for the Patriots uh Michael Bennett yeah went over the line and they got to gain five yards and the game was over but yeah like when you're at the one yard line when you're you're that close to the end zone you still gotta you can't just knee it like you You have to execute you gotta gain another half yard or yard or so yeah yeah when there's that much time left on the clock too it's not like you you can kill enough time to be able to take a safety so yeah um so yeah, I mean, the, the Vikings season was was very crazy one. It was cool to get the behind the scenes. I'll say I was a little disappointed that we didn't get anything from that Packers game in week 17 where they just got when absolutely they got their destroyed. Ass kicked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I they thought it was the just another one where they won they did 40 show... to 3 and, and the Vikings yeah. were like coming off the high of that Buffalo After week and they the weren't Buffalo even, game, yeah. even competitive in that game. Uh-huh. Um, I know, but then it just like went from the Colts game and jumped ahead to the playoffs against the Giants. We didn't get like the yeah things weren't looking great for this team after that. Like right. you know they got blown out again um, to a rival of you know nonetheless. So uh, I I think like that was one thing that I was there were definitely a few it. things. I I remember them talking about like hey Did this they? Is, well, they, they talked about they the Giants. They didn't, game. they didn't show it, but that they talked about like, hey, that we got a playoff game against a team that we just beat a couple weeks ago. Like, there should be no problem, right? Like, they didn't actually show it. Of course, they showed the. Well, playoff they talked game. about no. I know they talked about the Giants game. Yeah, the Giants. That that's played. what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't talk about the the Packers game at all, and just like, yeah, they didn't talk about no. They didn't talk about the Packers one though. Yeah, that's yeah, what I meant. I was they a little surprised. Yeah. No, I agree. They yes, they did talk about the Giants. They just didn't talk about the Packers. Um, and uh. Yeah, I mean, overall, I think that this is a really cool series. Uh, Marcus Mariota, you know, oh, he's, it's he, unfortunate. He's a nice like, guy, and I love the idea of you have superstar quarterback, you have a middle-of-the-pack quarterback wanting something to prove who's pretty mm-hmm. good, and then you have a quarterback that's a journeyman who's you know trying to make something out of his career while he has it. So I, I like that yeah. idea. The approach I just wanted, makes sense. I, and look, Mar- Mariota's a nice guy, and it was cool to see the behind-the-scenes stuff of – you know his past and mm-hmm. you know him, his family having a kid in the middle of the season yeah relating to like hawaii yeah and, and going back know, to seattle where he, you know yeah. his, his his golden days when when he was at oregon uh playing uh-huh. against washington and and having the stats that he put up and so yeah it was cool it was cool to see that and Mariota definitely seems like a nice guy 
but I mean, just not a lot of personality to no, to, to no, offer. not a lot of like personality. If, if you're gonna have a uh, a journeyman quarterback, how about like Gardner Minshew? <laughs> like, I'd be interested yeah, to see well, what his his story was like, right? So I get that you want it to be a starting quarterback. You want it to be someone who is going to be playing in the games and being able to, you know, not just there on the sidelines. Like, let's look at him at practice. Like, that's one thing that I really liked is they didn't really spend a ton of time on training camp. They didn't spend a ton of time on practices. It was more. You got a lot of in-game footage, you know, reactions to what happened on the field. And then the off the field stuff was family life, which I thought was like a good mix. Um, really kept things interesting. It wasn't just like a hard knocks, basically. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, Marcus Mariota, there's only so much that they could have done with yeah. this guy. And, you know, the way things ended, it's like, oh, he gets benched for Desmond Ritter. Luckily, it was week 14, so they were able to get most of the episodes yeah, with him. Once it- I don't, I don't know. He's barely the in the end, last but like once it gets to the very end, it's basically yeah, it's, all about Kirk and Mahomes, and then and it gets then, to a point where it's all about Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, no, which it made sense with the way everything came through, and you know, Mahomes also is a producer of it. You know, as Peyton Manning and NFL Films, but Mahomes' company was part of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of Marcus Mariota. It wasn't the most intriguing storyline, no, like, you know, and even like the whole he left the team, we didn't really get a ton out of it. Like there was a lot of stuff. They're like, well, we're going to keep that to ourselves. Like those conversations that we had aren't going to come out. And it's like, oh, bye, Marcus. You're just gone for the next two and a half episodes. So, I mean, I don't blame him for like once Ritter was the start name, the starter, I, I, I don't blame him for, you know, getting the surgery <laughs> if he was playing through something bad. Uh, like it, if they were handing the starting job to Ritter for the rest of the season, like it makes sense. Uh, so my Mariota would. It is would, kind would, of a wild move to do that without consultation with your team. Um, and it, it, they felt like there were opportunities to show more and Netflix just didn't give it to us for whatever reason. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I was cool to see, you know, like what the quarterbacks deal with though, like family life, but, and then also, yeah. you know, what goes into it, like the rehab, because all three of the, all three of, I mean, all quarterbacks, all NFL players, like they all deal with injuries, but it was cool to yeah, see that was the one thing with... stuff like what they, you know, were dealing with and what their rehab was like and uh-huh. the, the trainers that they're dealing with. Uh, yeah, and... all three were banged up in various ways. I mean, Mar- Mariota, obviously, with the surgery, Mahomes, we know about his ankle all season. Kirk right. Cousins, I feel like, is a little under the radar, but that's just kind of natural with, with the quarterback position. You take a lot of hits, you're probably going to have some problems with your ribs, and he, he fought through them, so and then, credit and then to him. And then also seeing but... you know, how much the quarterbacks need to spend on like learning the plays, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like all the, all the verbiage that they have to learn. Uh, to get oh, yeah. the plays through <laughs> like it seems like i mean it's it's stuff that we know already but just seeing you kind of take it for actually granted seeing it and watching it yeah happen, it's like wow it's like, like very there's like, a Kirk, lot Kirk that goes mentioned into it, it. how like oh like, you know some athletes have mentioned like oh you don't need to be in school uh you know to be an athlete i mean cardell jones would agree with that <laughs> <laughs> but uh but kirk's like no like as a quarterback like no you do need to be a like a good student, really, you need to yeah. be very knowledgeable, and and then seeing what Kirk does with like with the, you know, having his brain prepared for things too, uh, that was another fascinating thing, and him talking with a you know the the team psychologist, and and then him talking about his past, like where you know his dad used to coach him, and talked about his strengths and weaknesses. I liked Kirk's a lot. Like the Mariota's, yeah, Mariota's uh, his clips didn't offer me a ton. No, I think Kirk's was the most wholesome in a lot yeah. of ways, and I think yeah, it was really interesting to see stuff with him. 
when it Mahomes came down is probably to it, the most entertaining because he's the yes, best Mahomes, one. Yeah, he's the best one. Like there was a lot of like really fun stuff going on with him. He also was again a producer on it, so right. you know he was gonna get a fantastic edit. But yeah, I mean, I think Cousins and Mahomes easily the two best. And I think yeah, when it comes down to it, Cousins was very wholesome. You're like cool seeing some of the behind the scenes yeah, stuff. Do, you doing know, being able to relive too, a lot of those games. Um, and then he also, you know, he talked about how like he takes Tuesdays off. And you see him receiving all the fan letters and him writing back to, to people too, yep. like that. Yeah, so, signing fans' jerseys as he's leaving the parking lot after a playoff loss. Right. Like, yeah. So he he was for sure his for for sure was the most wholesome and definitely uh, makes me even a bigger fan of the guy. Yeah, and then Patrick Mahomes is just simply like, all right, this guy is like he's a warrior out there. Yeah. Just everything he goes through, and I feel like it's easy to kind of think of him as like a robot at times and the way like he plays, it's just like, he's not real, but then just like hearing him just like dropping F bombs on the field and like all the trash shocking he's doing with his opponents. It was, it was really cool being able to see that. Oh, I know (laughs) both times they played just all the, the big hits and roughing the passer and stuff. So, uh, I mean, it, it was really, really interesting. And I think that, a lot of people are very anti Brittany Matthews because of that champagne incident. And so I, I don't know if she's I, like turned on everyone, but I, I didn't think she was that bad at so all. That's what I was gonna, that's, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of anti her as well. I'm mostly anti Jackson though. Yeah, which, uh, that part, yeah. I'm not going to, uh, th- that part's not going to change. There's no me. need to apologize to that but at this point. When it comes to Brittany. Yeah. Like, she came off as pretty likable in the Netflix mm-hmm. series, and I mean, she just looked like someone who's I'm just a really supportive wife. Yeah, so, yeah, no, that's really it. So I mean, she's one, just so, she's a bubbly personality. Like she's very, very yeah, kind very of bubbly, in your face outgoing. as a fan, like loving, you know, rooting hard for her but husband it, and his team. And but if that's like the worst thing you could say about her, it's like all right, like maybe like. That's the hate went too far there, but Jack, Jackson Mahomes. That's, that's Jackson. Not- I mean, Jackson definitely brought a lot of hate on the two of them. You know, particularly Brittany because it was easy to group her in as like, like the they're watching games football together player, and they're on the yeah. sidelines together when before games to you know wish yeah, Pat, like in TikToks together. Yeah, uh-huh. so yeah, and I think. Um, well. I, I'm curious how much footage Netflix had to cut out or replace uh, that was involving Jackson Mahomes because there was like <laughs> you could saw, see him. I mean, him, you see him in but... the background at times, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, he, he they, barely they saw definitely him. were not trying to. They were not trying to give him a platform at all, which which I, mean, I think was very sense. smart though, mm-hmm. on their part. Yeah, I know. Given everything that's happening with him, where it's like, okay, he's not just an annoying TikToker. Like it's <laughs> he's uh he's facing criminal charges right, right. now. So. Um, yeah, and it, that, that is certainly something that, uh, I don't think it would have added to the show. It was like a little weird, like seeing him there and you don't get any type of knowledge. You're just like, well, we couldn't cut him out of this scene that we really want to like put in literally here. literally right next to her or him. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, I, I thought it was like really cool, uh, being able to see like the, the Patrick Holmes family life dynamic and, you know, just having that thrown in and like really getting a, a personality from him just as much as it was from Kirk Cousins. So I like seeing, um, I, I, I like seeing, uh, at the, at the end of the, one of the last two episodes, I think it was the second to last one where Mahomes, like they, they just came off a win versus Jacksonville and he's dealing with the ankle injury. And then he's asked, like, mm-hmm. who would you rather face? Well, I think we match up with Buffalo better, but I want to play Cincinnati because <laughs> you know, they kept losing to them, and he wants to prove that uh-huh. you know they can beat them in, in 
Burrow head. <laughs> yep. And they did. So they did. Shows, yeah. yeah, Mahomes definitely. Uh, I mean, he's he's obviously great to watch, but he's also really competitive, for sure. And yeah, the, the guys, the guys a winner. Yeah, I mean that's actually another thing I thought of is Mahomes versus Burrow. People were talking about Mahomes versus Allen as the new Brady Manning. I think it's, it maybe, it's Mahomes it might Burrow be Mahomes at this point. Versus Burrow. Could be all three of them together. So at one point it was but, Mahomes versus Watson. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. It, it changed. At one point like, it was actually Mahomes versus Lamar. So it's always been. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like Brady, where it's like, oh, Brady versus Manning, Brady versus Rogers, Brady versus well, whatever. Like. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, so like Mahomes. Mahomes is continues the, to be the constant. Mahomes yeah. is definitely the yeah, like he's definitely the top guy, and everyone else is. I mean, it could be him. Mahomes versus Herbert within Herbert the same too, division. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there he's going to be there for a while, and you know maybe one of these years the Chargers can actually live up to expectations. Yeah, and including my expectations, the which <laughs> they seem to never do. <laughs> yeah, so. Definitely um, an, an interesting series. I would recommend it to football fans and really yeah. recommend to someone who's just a fan in general, like of just you know wanting I, to get I, behind the scenes of athletes. Like, I love NFL films and, and just getting to rewatch yeah. some of the best games last year, uh, like the mm-hmm. Vikings versus Bills, Vikings versus Colts, and then Chiefs, Bengals, uh, or just saying the Chiefs games. I mean, I mean, look, the Falcons. Like we know they're not good, but they do have some crazy endings at times. Obviously, like, yeah, not just they, the twenty-eight to three. But the I know, but we they had a few this season, and we only got so much of them. And I, I guess maybe part of it was, ah, I'm not all that interested in the Falcon stuff. But remember, so week one they had that blown lead against the Saints. Yep. Week four against the Browns, that one came down to a last-second field goal. The Panthers game. Th- that's what I was about to say. The craziest one was the Panthers one where. Where P- I think it was PJ Walker who was the quarterback at the time. He yeah. throws this bomb to DJ Moore, and then they to tie it, to tie it. But then he gets a penalty because he threw his helmet out. So they had to uh, <laughs> the extra point had to be a, extra point. Like a, like yeah, a it goes overtime. Mm-hmm. And they win the overtime. Yeah, that, that that game was nuts. That's probably yeah. the craziest Atlanta one last year. Yeah, no, and they definitely had their fair share of them, and you know we got a little bit of that, and maybe I'm just like not focusing on those as much compared to some of the other Chiefs and Vikings games. The, but the Chiefs, the Mahomes and Cousins, uh, those clips were a lot more intriguing, entertaining uh, than than Mariota's. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, so it sounds like there's going to be a season two. There's already oh, speculation great. about who the quarterbacks will be. Um, you know, already reports of guys turning it down, and I'm interested to see what direction they go with. Do you have a uh, I heard Justin Fields. So I heard Justin Fields was offered and said no. I, I so saw that, that makes same thing think, with Stafford too. Yeah, for season one. Oh, season they one. They tried oh, to get okay, Stafford right, right. involved, which would have been, you know, basically another Marcus Mariota if they, they got him. So I think you have to have a star top of the league quarterback. Uh, I mean, just based on what Patrick Mahomes was saying, I think there's three guys who would stand out Aaron Rodgers, who he's already doing hard knocks. I feel like he's not going to want to sign up for the in season one, too. No. And then it's either Joe Burrow or Josh Allen. I think they're going to get one of those two guys, maybe Jalen hurts, but I feel like Burrow and Allen have a little more star power currently just because they've been at it slightly longer than hurts has, hurts um, in has terms had of being one, at the top of the league. Like those guys have had multiple great years while, you could say Hurts. He had the one year. He had the one year. Okay. Yeah, and like Herbert has Justin Herbert, maybe, but he doesn't have the same appeal. Lamar Jackson would be a really interesting one if they were to to go behind the scenes with him. But 
Um, I feel like it's who's another be wholesome guy Allen. like like Kirk. <laughs> uh, Derek Carr. I was gonna say Derek Carr, but like, I mean Derek. I mean now he he's could in be New the Orleans. Mariota. He's in yeah, New he's got something to prove out there. Let's let's pull up my quarterback tier list again. Uh, Deshaun Watson. It's pretty wholesome, right? <laughs> He'll never uh, go the, on. <laughs> I mean it. So, Tua could be interesting, especially coming off the concussion last right. year. I mean, if they want a young quarterback, Kenny Pickett or Mac Jones could be an option. You know, like you're getting a guy who you know is going to be the starting quarterback to start the season, and you know, very likely would Mac most Jones would be that season. Mariota category. I I think that they they would go away from that and go more towards someone who's a little talent. bit more proven or talented. Yeah, and that, like I don't think that they would do a rookie because like that just feels like a lot. I think you could have someone who at least has you, played you can't, one. Season you can't pick a rookie. League. No, and then like Jordan Love. What about a player like him? Like, is that an interesting? See, he's not a rookie, but he's a first year up? starter. I I wouldn't mm-hmm. want. I I would decline it if I were Jordan Love specifically. Yeah, Russell Wilson. <laughs> let's get, let's get. <laughs> that'd be the worst. Let's let's look at all the people that made fun of me for Broncos country. Let's yeah. ride. Uh, <laughs> just continue to deal with that. Yeah, Geno Smith could be another one. Oh, Geno would be know, cool. Yeah, he would have been really cool if they like did him instead of Marcus Mariota. That would have been awesome. But yeah, because you know, he was they... someone that you didn't think would have uh, really much of an NFL career, and then l- last year he was he was pretty pretty good. A lot of people thought Drew Locke was going to be the starter. It was a surprise when Geno Smith won the job. So I don't know if he was a serious candidate, but that, that would have been really cool if we got to see the behind the scenes of him. So Brock but, Purdy. How about him? <laughs> I know. Well, the 49ers, like, I know he got cleared to play, but there's so many question marks about, you know, what direction just they're do all three go. Quor- just do all three <laughs> just Niners. together. Uh, Purdy, yeah, Lance, and Darnold. Just have uh, all I mean, th- in-season hard knocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Yeah. Um, definitely, you know, interested to see where, where they continue to go with it. I wonder if other sports, you know, we got formula one, we got the PGA tour. Now we have, yeah, NFL. I, I enjoyed full swing and they didn't, they didn't just pick three golfers. They picked, they picked like a dozen of them, uh, or which so. makes sense. Right. You know, you gotta, <laughs> this is way more options. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought about it. I was like, what if, uh, you know, Steph Curry was doing this with the NBA and it was point guard and it was Steph Curry um, veteran point guard looking to continue to hang on the league. Russell Westbrook, young point guard looking to make his mark. John Morant, and we got to see the behind scenes of their season. That would have been awesome. Oh, you know how great Dennis Rodman would have been <laughs> back in the eighties or nineties. I mean, we kind of got that with the Last Dance. Yeah, right? sure, Last Dance. Yeah, never mind. So, yeah, I mean, it it does feel like this is a a popular concept that you know Netflix is going to continue to expand upon. Yeah, so, I was definitely. And I wonder if they'd even look at different positions. I don't think that there's a position that makes any more sense than quarterback. So, yeah, I, I don't. But hey, how about running back? <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, just maybe. all of, just all of them complaining about how they're getting paid. Uh huh. Yeah, they're just they're just too volatile and like too many injury concerns and stuff. Like quarterback, you know they're gonna be the guy for the season. So just hope that you don't get one who tears their ACL or something. Yeah, I, I was definitely a fan of it, especially Mahomes and Cousins. Uh, mm-hmm. it. Yep, I definitely give it a recommend stamp of approval. Like that's a my, my rating, like a thumbs up. <laughs> so. All right, that'll uh, do it for this one. I think we're going to have another episode next week. Um, MLB trade deadline's coming up. Uh, Red Sox already traded Kike Hernandez today. Back to the Dodgers. I'm sure they have more things to do, but 
you know, there there are a few games out of it. So yeah, ever since that twenty one playoffs where he was the man, he's done nothing since. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm not not crying over that one. No, I mean it doesn't scream that they're sellers giving up on the season. More so, just yeah, let's let's move him, and you know, he can be LA's problem instead. Yeah, so. it's 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 hard to I'm. I don't buy the Red Sox like success right now, especially since they lost two to three to Oakland, and you know the other teams in their division are all of them are arguably better. I mean, no, I know they're fourth several now, games but over five hundred. <laughs> it's crazy good division. Like I, I thought at one point it might have been like overrated, but it's like now they're actually like all still good. Uh, oh yeah, but yeah, so like it sucks that they're in a tough division, but like I don't know, I I just don't I don't love their roster. I don't think it's good enough to win a world series or maybe even make the playoffs. I don't know. It's you can't, you, yeah, I mean, you got to pick one side though. I, I hate the idea of doing both. Like, Oh, like, I know. Like they did buyers last year. And sellers. Was, like, no, you got to yeah. go all in on one or the other. I mean, not all in, but you know what I mean? Like, like you don't want to sell the entire farm for like Otani. Otani. <laughs> I would love yeah. Otani to be a, you know, on the Red Sox. I know like it's sign with them in the off season. Yeah. Um, but it would be so cool if you were here. I know, I know. I, I, I definitely have my doubts on that. But do you think um, it'll get you traded? Know, we can all hold out. I don't think so. I don't think, so I think the Angels, but like I think the Angels are close enough that they're gonna continue to you know move forward and, with them. But at the same fail, time, uh, and not make the playoffs again. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't give up on the idea of him re-signing with the Angels and feeling comfortable there, but, you know, there's I want obviously him plenty else. of reason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, guess I, I get a lot of people do. I guess if he's not on the Red Sox or Yankees, I I guess I probably wouldn't care no matter where he is. Like, if he ended up, like, on the mm-hmm. Giants or Dodgers or Mariners, like, yeah, I it's really like care whatever. that much. Like, probably not, uh-huh. but, uh, you know, as long as he doesn't end up on the, the Yankees. I know, I know. That, that would be the worst possible <laughs> scenario, so... Well, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. I'm sure there'll be more surprising news like Jalen Brown and, you know, I guess to an extent Patrice Bergeron that we can talk about next week. Um, but, uh, yeah, that'll be it. Real football is, is coming up very quickly. We got our NFL division preview series kind of getting that lined up and ready to go. And that'll be the bulk of our August as we head into the real start of the season in September. Can't wait. Yep. So for my co-host, Brian Wells, I'm Courtney Vani. Thanks, everyone.